Chapter Eight of J. Poindexter Colored by Irvin S. Cobb. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Dark Secrets. Some of the folks which has been following our experiences, as I has wrote them down, might think it was my bounden duty to go straight away to Mr. Dallas and promulgate to him these here remarks which I hears pass betwixt Mr. H. C. Rayner and the permanent wavy lady on that Sunday night six weeks ago, coming back from our weekend in the country. But I does not by no means see my way clear to doing so. In the first place, I ain't never been what you might call a professional promulgator. In the second place, I figures the time ain't ripe to start in telling what I believes and what I suspicions. In the third place, I don't know yet if it ever will be ripe. Some white folks, seems like, is just naturally beset with a craving to bust into colored folks's business and try for to run their personal affairs for em. Mr. Dallas, he is not gated that way in no particular whatsoever. Him having been born and raised south, and naturally knowing better anyhow. But some I might mention is. Still, and even so, most white folks don't care deeply for anybody at all, much less it's somebody which is colored, to be telling em unpleasant and unwelcome tidings and he is white and i is black and there you is another way i looks at it is this way there's a whole heap of white folks mainly northerners which thinks that because us black folks talk loud and laughs aplenty in public that we ain't got no secret feelings of our own they thinks we is ready and willing at all times to just blab all we knows into the first white ear that passes by. Which I reckon that is one of the most monstrous mistakes in natural history that ever was. You take a black boy, which he working for a white family. Being on close relations that away with him, he's bound to know everything they does what they is thinking about, what all they hopes and what all they fears. But does they, for their part, know anything about how he acts amongst his own race? I'll say contrary. They maybe might think they knows, but you take it from J. Poindexter, they positively does not do nothing of the kind. All what they gleans about him, his real inside emotions, I means, is exactly what he's willing for em to glean. That and no more. And usually that ain't so much. Yes, sir, the run of colored folks is much more secretious than what the run of white folks give em credit for. I reckon they has been made so. In times past they has met up with so many white folks which taken the view that everything black men and black women done in their lodges or their churches or amongst their own color was something to joke about and poke fun at. Now you take me. I is perfectly willing to laugh with the white folks, 
and I can laugh to order for em if the occasion appears suitable, but I is not filled up with no deep yearnings to have em laughing at me and my private doings, specially if it's strange white folks. Furthermore, there's this about it. I've taken due notice that whites and blacks alike pretty near anybody will resent your coming to em on your own say-so and telling em right out of a clear sky that they is making a grievous big mistake in doing this or that. If they themselves takes the lead, if they seeks you out of their own accord and says to you, confidential-like, they is in a peck of trouble and craves to know how they is going to get out from under the load, why, that's different. Then you can step in, in friendship's name, and do your best to help em unravel the tangle which they has got themselves snarled up in it. If you asks me, I would say that advice gets a heap warmer welcome where you goes hunting for it than where it comes hunting for you. And likewise, sympathy is something which you appreciates all the more if you went out shopping for it yourself. You don't want it to come knocking at the door like one of these here old peddlers taking orders for enlarging crayon portraits and forcing its way right into your fireside circle whether or no and camping there in your lap. Moreover, speaking in particular of our own case, what right has I got to be intimating to Mr. Dallas my private beliefs about the private characters of this here brisk crowd which he has gone and got so thick with since we arrived here on the scene? Right from the first I has had my own personal convictions about the set he's in with. I has made up my mind that they ain't the genuine real quality, that they is just a slicked up highly polished imitation of the real quality, that they ain't doing things so much as they is overdoing em. The way I looks at it, they bears the same relation to regulation high-tony folks which a tin minnow does to sure enough live bait. You maybe might fool a fish with it, but you couldn't fool the world at large for so very long. And as for me, I ain't been fooled at all, not at no time. But I naturally can't go stating my presentiments to Mr. Dallas without he the same as practically invites me first for to do so. Now can I? But if he finds it out for himself and approaches me, that's a roan horse of another color. So the above reasons is why I is at present keeping my mouth shut in front of him about what concerns him solely. Besides, so many things continues to happen from day to day here in New York, it keeps me right busy just staying up with the procession and not overlooking the stray bets. For instances now, there's my moving picture scheme which I thinks up out of my own head, and which promises to turn out mighty profitable if everything goes well. End of chapter 8